If you would, open up your Bibles today to the book of Numbers. We're going to continue in our series of Blessed Generation, Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24. Now, this is our theme verse of Scripture that we're using throughout this whole series of of Blessed Generation. I pray that you have been blessed so far. And so as we read Numbers chapter number 6 and verse number 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine brightly upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. Now that's our theme verse of scripture. We're also basing this off Ephesians chapter number one and verse number three. And the Bible says, praise or blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Well, if God has blessed us with all the blessings in Christ Jesus in heavenly places, many Christians always wonder this question, pastor, if the blessings are in heavenly places and I'm here on this earth, how do I walk in the blessing of God? Well, here's your answer in the next chapter. The Bible says, says in Ephesians 2, 5, and 7, it says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, listen to this, he made us alive together with Christ, and by grace you have been saved and raised up and seated with him in heavenly places. So if the blessings are in heavenly places, and once you've been born again, you're seated in heavenly places, how do you get access to the blessing of God? You just reach over and grab them, amen? Because you're in the same place as the blessing is. And so many Christians, you think you're seated in this earth. The Bible says you are seated in heavenly places. So if you don't get anything throughout of this whole series except for one thing, I would love for you to walk out of here with the revelation that I am seated in heavenly places right next to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I have access to the blessing of God because the blessings are in heavenly places. Why does God put the blessing in heavenly places? And why does he put you in heavenly places? Not just so you can access the blessing, but he's putting you and the blessing where the devil can't get a hold of it. Amen? So now that you know that you have access to the blessing, you can walk in the blessing of God. You can walk in the anointing of God and the power of God because you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. There ain't nothing to it but to do it, amen? So as we begin to get ready to walk in the blessing of God, the first time the word blessed is ever mentioned is in Genesis 1.22. And the Bible says in Genesis 1.22, and God blessed them saying. And so if God blessed them saying, what did God bless them with the ability to do? He blessed them with the ability to do what it says a few verses later, five verses later, a matter of fact, in Genesis 1:28, and it says, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion in all the earth. And so if God said he blessed them saying, we need to go back to what God said and told them to do so that they can understand what to do with the blessing of God. Now, the first three weeks, we've already gone over several of these. We've talked about being fruitful. God said, be fruitful. That doesn't mean just have a bunch of babies, okay? It means the ability to be productive, As a believer, we need to be productive, not busy. Amen. I pray that you have productive weeks, not just busy weeks. Now, if they're productively busy, praise God. But don't just be busy and not accomplish anything with your life. Amen. And so now that you have the ability to be fruitful or productive, he said to multiply that ability. And the second week, we talked about hindrances to the multiplication process. We talked about how inner vows, and we talked about how offenses and things like this hinder the growth of God for you to be able to multiply in your life. The third week, last week, we talked about fill the earth. What are we supposed to do? God created us as humans with a purpose to fill the earth. Why? He didn't just want a bunch of humans running around. God created us with a purpose to fill the earth because we are carriers of his glory, and we are carriers of his anointing. And so God God wants us to fill the earth, to multiply, to be productive because we are carriers of his glory and anointing. And so this brings us where we're at today in the the series of messages of blessed generation to the word subdue it. 
subdue it. The title of this morning's message is called Power Play. Power Play is the title of this morning's message. Now, if you're a sports fan, like I'm a sports fan, I like a lot of sports and almost every sport, but Lord help us if we fall in love with hockey, Cody Stewart, yeah. I had to pick on him. I just had to do it a little bit. There's a something in hockey called a power play. Have y'all ever seen a hockey game? Nobody understands a hockey game, but have you ever seen a hockey game? So if you've seen a hockey game, there are certain times when a penalty occurs and a player who has created such a grievous offense gets taken off the ice and one team now has um, six players. Okay, five players, five skaters and, and a keeper, right? So that's six players. So they got six players. <laughs> And the other team is down by one, so they have five players. And the team with the six-player advantage is called, they are on a power play. They're on a power play. Now listen, the term subdue it means to go, take authority, to bring into bondage, and to have authority over situations. Now listen, if you are in here this morning, you have all the kingdom of hell against you, you have all the kingdom of heaven for you. There's one person in the whole universe that makes the difference. That's you. You are the power player. You are the deciding factor whether you walk in the blessing. You are the one who makes the final decision. I'll never forget the story that I heard a long time ago. One day an Indian was walking through the forest with his son and he begins to tell his son a story and he said, son, on the inside of every person there's, two, there's always a fight going on. And it's a fight between two wolves. You have a good wolf and you have an evil wolf. And there's this constant battle always going on and he went on and on talking about the battle and the son finally stopped him and pulled his hand and said, daddy, daddy, but who wins and his father stopped because this is the moment he was waiting for looked at his son and he said it's the one you feed the most it's the one you feed the most you are the power player of your life you are the power player in your sphere of influence you are the one who tilts the scales for you or you are the one who tilts the squ- the, the scales against you and so this morning as we learn how to subdue it and walk in the power of God, I want us to understand as we get into this session, we got to realize that as we walk in the blessing of God, our choices are what help us walk further in the blessing of God than we've ever gone. Now listen, as we begin to fill the earth and subdue it, we got to understand this. A resource is just a product of the source. We always start out with these three keys, and I'm going to recap them for you right quick. And the first one is this, through all this stuff that we've talked about, it's the blessing of God is not things, it's what God has said. See, so many people, this brings me to my first point, the blessing of God is not the resource, it's the source, okay? The blessing of God is not things, it's what God has spoken over you. The blessing of God is not a license to live recklessly, but it's a lifestyle of discipline. The third point is the the blessing of God is not something that magically appears, but it is something that empowers you and enables you to do. And so as we begin this morning, it says a resource is not just a, it's a resource is simply a product of the source. Now, many of you are praying God bring resources into our life. The resource you are talking about is it's money. Many of us, we pray for a resource and it's called money. The problem is in the resource of money is money is not even a resource. Money is simply a product. Money is simply a product. The resource is wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that comes from the source, which is God Almighty. So the problem with us praying for the resource is we're praying literally not for a resource. We're praying for a product, which when we put our faith in a product, we never end up anywhere. But understand, if we pray for the source to give us the resource, it will manifest in a product. Then we got a lot more going for us because the source gives us wisdom and knowledge and understanding, which is really the resource which can bring us to unending levels of product. 
Do, do you understand where we're going this morning? See, you're the power player in your life. The problem is you've been power playing on a product and not the source. You've been power playing on a product instead of tapping into the resource God gave you. See, the Bible says it is I, God, who gives you the ability to get wealth to do one thing. And that's to confirm his covenant. That's what the Bible says. It's in Deuteronomy. Go read it. And so God didn't say, I give you money to get wealth to, con to confirm my covenant. He said, I give you the ability to get it. The ability to get money is not going out and working hard. It's knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Because knowledge, wisdom, and understanding will bring you to the end product that you're desiring. See, many of you are praying for a better marriage. The thing you're praying for is you're praying for the wrong thing. You're praying, God, change my spouse. See, the product you're praying for is you're praying for a better marriage. The thing is, you're asking for the wrong resource. You're asking God to change the person you married rather than give you the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to understand the person you married. But pastor, she's a lady. God created her too. That's why he's all-knowing. See, this is the way God, I'm in trouble. I'm staying over here by Jonathan and Kristen. You already go back to Thailand? I mean, this is gonna be awesome. God created ladies to keep men humble. Every man who comes to me for counsel says, pastor, I just don't understand. Welcome to the club. But the problem is you're going to the product not tapping into the resource, but you're complaining to the source. The issue is you need to primarily go to the source to get the resource to understand the product, which is a good marriage. Anybody ever raised kids in here before? Are you in the process of raising kids? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. My parents have said, I'm glad I'm a grandparent now. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Now listen, if you're raising kids and you're struggling, the end product, you're praying, oh God, just make them better. Not gonna happen. I, I believe that's almost an unanswerable prayer. <laughs> Some of y'all understand. I know with God all things are possible, but God, this one I'm questioning here. Amen. <laughs> Listen to this. You're praying for the product when instead you need to be going to the source to get the resource to get the product. If we in the body of Christ are going to subdue it, which means take dominion over it or have authority over our kids, men walking in authority with your spouse in your marriage, taking authority over your job situation, take authority on the mission field, we got to quit praying for products. We've got to start praying to the source to reveal the resource to get us to the end product that we desire. If we keep praying for products, we're gonna just get junk. See, many of you have prayed for products and somebody gave you a book on marriage that was completely not biblical. Many of you have been praying for products and so you turned on Dr. Phil one day and oh, did you hear what Dr. Phil said? Really, when's the last time he lined up with scripture? I mean, I'm just saying, y'all can love Dr. Phil all day long and I'm not bashing the man. But I promise your greatest resource comes from the source, so the source is God. His resource is always his word, which always yields the proper end product. And if we quit depending on resources and start depending on the source, the end product that you're desiring is gonna come. Now, if we're gonna subdue, subdue, the Bible says fill the earth, multiply, subdue it, which means take authority over your sphere of influence in your life. It means we're gonna have to start tapping back into the source and quit so much trying to understand the resource and definitely get our eyes off the product because some of you the product in your life you think everything would be complete if the product just showed up see a lot of people are thinking oh god my life would be good if that million dollar check i was praying for just showed up now let me i'm going to tell you how true this is our church is doing phenomenally amazing in the area of growth and i love to hear it love to see it love to be a part of it and I would be so grateful, so y'all keep your ears open on this one. I would be so grateful if somebody put a $2 million check in the offering to fund our whole new building project. Amen, wouldn't that be great? Well, come on now, some of y'all business people, let's start working together. 
The problem is we've outgrown our building now. $2 million doesn't even fix our current situation. It doesn't. So praying for $2 million doesn't fix anything because we're still a minimum of a year out before we could even enter a brand new building. What do we do within the next year? See, the issue is not getting the product. The issue is saying, God, with the resources that we have, how can we produce what you've called us to produce until the end product gets here? See, God's trying to get the body of Christ to quit relying on products and start relying on God again. And so until the product shows up, you know what we're gonna do? God, you're gonna have to give us the resource, which is wisdom, knowledge, and understanding how to facilitate a growing body of Christ in a building that's too small over the next year, two years, until we can get this facility built. Amen? And see the will of God take place. God is not trying to hold product back from you. He's not. The problem is your faith is in the product, not the God who supplies the product. The problem is if he gave you the product without you getting the resource, which is wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, you would mess up the product. And so until you get the source right, you're never going to get the resource. And until you get the resource right, you'll never get the product. And so if you've been praying for products, why don't you turn to the almighty God and start praying for resources? He said he gives you the ability to do it. So this morning, if you're gonna subdue, walk in authority over your area of influence, we need to get back to the source. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's my source. It doesn't matter what the economy says. Pastor, it's impossible for y'all to be debt-free at the end of the year. It's literally, it's, it's not gonna happen. I've got the source. He's got the resource, which will always yield the product. So my eye is not on what the checks come in during the vision offering today. My eye is on the source. And you know what? When your eye's on the source, you quickly realize it's his problem, not mine. It's his issue, not mine. The same thing, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. You could be dealing with the question of what university do I go to? What university do I plan to attend here in two years? The problem is my parents are broke. They have no product, pastor. You don't understand. It's not your problem. It's time to depend on the source to bring in the resource to get you to the product. I speak from experience on that. I graduated high school. My parents said, I can't pay for the college. The only thing I can offer you is a roof over your head. You can live here for free if you're, well, you're going to college. That's all I needed. And then still, up until last month, I was still going to college. Amen. And I'm glad I'm done. I've never realized how liberating it was not to be in school. Man, I would have quit a long time ago if I would have, I'm just playing. <laughs> So how many of y'all are in need of a product in your life? Whatever it is. Maybe you need a marriage product, something to fix your marriage. Maybe you need a financial product. Maybe you need um, a, a kid product. Maybe you need a university product. Maybe you need a school product. Maybe you need something to fix your life. Well, I'm gonna encourage you to change the way you pray this morning. Quit praying for the product. Turn to the source and say, God, give me the resource, the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that will manifest the product, the desire of my heart. Because only God knows what that resource is. And believe me, when you start praying to the source, for the resource, the product's gonna show up ways you've never seen it before. So everybody say this, I am the power player. You're the power player in your life. Only you can start turning to the source to get the resource, or you can leave here today and start praying for product and see how bad we can continue to mess things up. The next thing I wanna tell you this morning is this. It says, possessions are made to be had, not have you. Possessions are made to be had, not have you. Now the problem is that sounds great and good in theory. The issue is many of us are had by our possessions even if we don't wanna admit it. And many of, of us, we're not just had by our possessions, we're had by our lack of possessions, uh, okay? I'll give you an example. If you owe money on your house and you're in debt on your house, 
You don't own your house, your house owns you because you have obligations to pay the house payment. Your house owns you. Same thing with a car and school loans and everything else. If you are in debt, you're owned by your possessions. And so even your lack of products, see your lack of money is why you're owned. But even if you do have all the money in the world, you can still be owned by your possessions. And here's the test to see if you're owned by your possessions or not, to see if you have your possessions or if your possessions had you. And this is why I love Jonathan and Kristen being here this morning. They're a perfect example of them having their possessions, not their possessions having them. Now the question I'm asking you is, is if God ever calls you to do something and you answer God like this, God, I would love to, but... And the next thing that you say has you. The next word that comes out of your mouth has you. God, I would love to fulfill the call of God in my life, but I can't quit right now. I got a family to feed. I can't quit my career and follow you. Your career has you. You are had by your career, and it has possession of you. See, possessions are made to be had, not have you. And if you're going to take authority over your life because you are the power player of your life, only you can make this decision, all the pastoral counsel in the world will not help you make this decision, okay? So you can come to me all day long and say, Pastor, give me help. I need need to know God's voice. You know God's voice. When God is calling you to do something and he shows you the way to do it and you say, God, I would love to, but the big but has you and it's holding you back from the things of God. Now understand this this morning. You are called to have possessions. I believe God placed us in the richest country in the whole world in the richest time in all of uh, all the history of the world for one reason. For us to have possessions to advance the kingdom of God further and further down the line. The problem is most Christians start getting possessions and the possessions take hold of them rather than them keeping hold of the possessions. Now we gotta begin to understand this. If we're praying for the source to give us the resource, to give us the product, the product that you start getting, you can't let it get you. You gotta get it without it getting you. Do do you understand that? Uh, A lot of people don't ever get this. You've gotta get the product without the product getting hold of you. And when you can get a hold of the product and the product not get you, you're in a place where God can use you because you understand it's still God's product. It doesn't got me, but I sure got it. Now I can use it for the kingdom of God. See, many of you are praying for financial increase in your life and you'll get a hold of the product, but God says, why don't you give a little bit more because I gave you some extra product. You're like, no God, I can't do that. And in fact, you don't even hear that much because you already have the product spent before God even gets a chance to talk. I love what we heard in um, Dave Ramsey. Many people celebrate a $200 a month raise with a $400 a month car payment. Come on, (laughs) your possessions got you, baby. I mean, they got you. If we're gonna be in control and we are the power player, we are the ones that make the difference in the world, we've got to start handling our possessions instead of our possessions handling us. Now, me and my wife, we talk about this quite often on, God, what do you want us to give to the vision offering, to the church as side offerings and give? And we wanna give very freely, but with good stewardship, but to make sure our possessions don't have us and we got our possessions. And y'all, it gets kinda sometimes. And watch this, whoever does the finances at your house, that's where the tension comes in. I remember up until a year ago when we realized she was the nerd and I was the free spirit. If you've been through Dave Ramsey, you understand this that I always did the finances. And when she would say, Joel, I really feel led that we're supposed to give and and give to this cause or whatever. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Do you know how tight things are? But if God tells us to, I'm gonna, and I'm a preacher. If I deal with this, y'all deal with this, okay? And then now that she's kind of started doing the money, since she gets to stay at home with the wonderful blessings of God that are producing great product in our life with good resources. Amen. She's been able to have more time to to really set up a good budget and is doing great. But I notice now whenever we talk about giving, I love to give. I love it. Man, I'd give everybody in here $100 right now if she'd let me. Because the responsibility, look, she's like, God ain't telling you. See, the line is this. 
How do we have things without things having us? And how do we continue to give with the free spirit? And I'm not talking about just money here. I'm talking about with your time. See, many of you, you don't have time. Your time has you. If I ask you, hey, could you go do something for the body of Christ? I don't have time. I got this plan, this plan, this plan, this plan, and this plan. So you don't have time. Your time has you. Your product has you. And so that's why the Bible says, make sure you number your days. Make sure you're in control of your time. I would never forget the, 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 the smart alecky words of wisdom that I was told one time. When a pastor came up to me and said, man, how are you doing, man? I said, I am so busy. And he looked at me and said, who set your schedule? I couldn't say my secretary because we didn't have one at the time. I mean, I still don't have a secretary. The church has a secretary. I don't have a secretary. So I set my schedule. Time has me. I don't have time. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? In your life, if you are the power player, you got to take control of your time. You got to take control of your career. You got to take control of your destiny. Some of you are thinking, well, I think God needs to be in control. You are filled with the glory and the anointing of God. So when you're taking control, you're putting God's hands on your product. You're filled with the power of God, so you're putting God's hands on your marriage. That's when I'm saying take control of your marriage. I'm not talking about men being dominant and women being submissive. I'm talking about you're taking the hands of God and putting them on the covenant that God has placed between you and your spouse, and you're saying, God, we are taking back our marriage from the world. We are taking back our kids from the world. Listen, when my kids go to bed at night, this is what I say to them. I say, Daddy loves you always and forever, no matter what. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, and God has great and mighty plans for you. You'll be mighty on the earth, the blood of Jesus covers you. The angels of God surround you. You walk in the favor and the blessing of God, and you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I am taking control of my kids by putting the hands of God on them so when they grow up, they realize they're fearfully and wonderfully made. And when you think my kids have a problem with being too confident, no, they're just going to know who they are in Christ. And so when they're doing great and mighty exploits around the world for Jesus... Some of y'all are going to be mad. Well, look at the preacher's kids. They just get to go everywhere. They sure do. God's hand is going to be on their life, and they're going to take authority in the world they live in. I want you to do the same with your kids. I want you to do the same with your school system. If you're a teacher in here, you have the best ministry in the world. I mean, you can take your, the hands of God and wrap them around your school. But here's the issue. Do things have you? Do bosses have you? Does time have you? Does money have you? Or do you, do you have it? Does debt have you or do you have debt? See, many say, well, if you're in debt, it has you. No, you can take control of your debt situation. Quit spending. Very simple. Well, but we gotta have this. It's time that we begin to rise up and be what God's called us to be. So understand this. If we're gonna walk and fill the earth and subdue it and take authority over the earth and everything God's put our hands to, the first thing we gotta understand is any resource and product simply comes from the source. The next thing is you gotta realize you gotta have things, but things cannot have you. You better check yourself on this issue. The last one is this. You must conquer your past with a word from today. Now hear me on this. Many of you, the reason you don't take hold of your life now is because of something that happened yesterday. Well, pastor, last time I asked my wife to start praying with me, she said no. Last time I asked my husband if we could go to church, he said no. I'm telling you, you start taking control. You need to conquer your past with a word from today. The Bible says the mercies of God are new every morning. So what mercies are you walking in this morning? If the mercies of God are new every morning, it's time that we wake up and grab Grab hold of things and place the hands of God on them and watch the earth and everything in it begin to fall in line with the principles of God. Because remember, you're seated in heavenly places. Your blessings are in heavenly places. You got access to them. The devil doesn't. And so that makes you the power player in your life. Now, I'm going to read you a quote here. The blessing, along with the gifting and talents of God on your life, will take a person to unbelievable places. The blessing of God plus the giftings and talents in your life that God's placed in you will take you to unbelievable places. 
But if we do not take control of our past, and your past is the main developing characteristic in your character, what makes a team go to Thailand and finish, we don't quit. That's, that's not been our past as a church. We could have quit several times as a church. We didn't. We're finishers. We're going to keep finishing. We're going to run the race. We're going to press on towards the goal to win the prize, which God's called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. We're going to fulfill it. We're going to do it. We're going to fill the earth. If we don't start taking our past and putting it in check, your past is the main developing cause of your character in your life. And so once you quit once, it's easy to quit again. And if we don't start taking care of our past with a word from t- for today, many of us will rise to unbelievable heights only to see ourselves fall again. We will rise to unbelievable heights only to see yourself fall. What do I mean by that? If you don't start taking control of your past today, see, we've talked about fill the earth and subdue it. Go out. You can't go out and make things subdue or come under the authority of God until your past is under the authority of God. Many of you in this room have had pasts. We've all had past. We've all had mistakes that we've made. We've all had things that you, you think back, if I could have redone one thing, I would have redone this. <laughs> you better start taking control of your past because if you don't, you're gonna get a twitch in your character or it's gonna be like a limp in your step that will hinder you from walking into the source to get the resource to get the product that God's called you to get and for you to be able to handle the product adequately and you to have it without it having you. So in your life, what are you struggling with in your past? Now we've gone from all our desires talking about the product and the resources that we need to how we handle them, but how you handle them is directly affiliated to your past. How you handle them is directly affiliated to your past. What do I mean by that? Many of you make the same mistakes your parents made because you only learn from your past. But the Bible says, it never says to learn from your past. It never says to learn from your mistakes. The Bible says you need to learn from the Holy Spirit who is the teacher. But many of you, well, what are we gonna do? You and your husband and wife are having a conversation. What are we gonna do? Well, what have we done before? Well, don't do that because obviously it hadn't worked out because that's why you're where you're at today. But many of you look back on what you did and repeat the same process and you wonder why you're never gaining ground in your life. Here's the difference. When you take control of your past and you put your hands on your past, remember it's not your hands, you're putting the hands of God on your past. And God says this, I can make all things work together for good to those who love me and are called according to my purposes. So if in your life your past is your holdup, your past is your struggle, your past is your problem, I want you to start grabbing hold of your past today and I want you to start putting your hands on your past because you are the power player of your life. Your past is not your power player. You are the power player of your life life. But the problem is many Christians live in an illusion because they think because they failed then, they're going to fail again. And because this last marriage messed up, this one's got to mess up. And because my grandmama had cancer and my mama had cancer, I guess I got to have it. And because my grandparents were in debt and went bankrupt and and I hadn't seen much difference in my parents, I guess we're always bound to government assistance in our life. Grab hold of that past. And the one thing you can do with your past is exactly what Paul says, forgetting those things that are behind me. And I look forward and I press on towards those things that are ahead of me. And I press on towards the goal to win the prize that God's called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. My wife always makes fun of me because she said, Joel, you are so naive and so optimistic. And literally, I am. <laughs> I mean, I'm horrible. I'm the worst at it. I mean, I think going into a marathon in end of June is going to be fun. I mean, can't get more naive and optimistic than that. In that process, I opened myself up a whole lot to get hurt. A whole lot to get hurt because I believe the very best in you until I get hurt from it. I believe the very most in somebody until I get hurt from it. I believe the very best in somebody until I get hurt from it. And when I get hurt from it, if you ask for forgiveness, I'm believing the best in you again. Amen, I believe you changed. Amen, that's why I hadn't quit yet. I still think God can do something with our city, amen. But if I were to remember every hurt that I had in the past, it would so dramatically distort the way I would preach messages today. 
that I have to make a cognitive decision, a mental decision, an intellectual decision over the area of my soul, which is my mind, my will, and my emotions to grab hold of those things that hurt me in the past and separate them, put them aside, and forget about those things that are behind me because I believe God can still do great things with the life that's ahead of me. I believe God can make us press on, press farther, go farther than we've ever gone before. But I can't do it if I'm trying to carry around the baggage of the past. And if I'm carrying around the baggage of the past, it's going to make my issues have me instead of me have my issues. And then it's going to make me have a defective product from an unaffected resource that came from the perfect source. That's how the great things of God get messed up in a world today. Because when you play that line backwards, the source is perfect. His resources are perfect. Even if it's a product from God, it's perfect. But when we let the product have us rather than us have the product, it gets distorted. And then we let our past come in and we start trying to operate with distorted products, wondering why we have a distorted family and a distorted generation. I want you to take control of your life.